Welcome to the Unbecoming Podcast, where you can join me, Stephanie Baranowski, in an authentic, personal perspective of my expat journey and my many travel adventures. Grab a beverage of your choice, set yourself up in a cozy environment, and be prepared to be inspired. Each episode, I open up my personal narrative of what it's like to unbecome everything you once were in order to become everything you were meant to be. Let's dive in, head first, eyes closed, and a strong cup of faith. April 19th, 2023. This is my trip to Belgium. I had been waiting about a good two months to go on this trip. So I had originally booked it back in March, at the beginning of March. Um, But it was almost a blessing in disguise that I didn't end up going because I got really, really sick for about three weeks at the beginning of March. And when I say sick, I mean really, really sick. Like I was sleeping for days, not feeling good. And it just so happened that the Paris trains were canceled due to the strike in Paris or in France. And when you take the Eurostar here in London to either Brussels, Bridges, Amsterdam, Paris... They're all kind of connected to each other. And so if one isn't working, chances are it's going to affect the others, and it did. So the train strikes in France delayed my adventure, but it was for good reason. I mean, I got really sick, and there was a lot of lessons to me getting sick as well. And really missing and valuing connection. And the importance of family and really close friends in your life. And yes, I'm on this amazing adventure. But that was something that hadn't really occurred to me that is really important when it really comes down to the soul. Yes, adventuring is good for the soul. But there needs to be a really good balance between adventuring and connection. So adventuring to connect with yourself and grow yourself, but connecting with others as well. And so that was a life lesson in short. And what I learned from delaying my my Brussels and Belgium vacation adventure. So finally I get to it. It's now close to end of April. I am ready to go on this adventure. I've had so many ups and downs and good times that I will take with me and with my heart. And I think that I really needed to go on this Belgium trip for my soul to reset, for my heart to reset. I mean, when you haven't gone on an an adventure in a while, it kind of gets to you. And I really needed this reset, this, I guess, almost to be re-inspired, to be re-inspired in life, in love, in life, life's adventures. So I go on this trip and I'm well prepared. I know exactly what time I need to wake up. I know exactly what time I need to leave. I know exactly what I'm taking with me and what I'm not taking with me on this vacation to make my travels 
easier. And mentally, I'm very well prepared, not scared, not anticipating, not anxious. I feel very, very confident. I get up in the morning, nice and early. It's about 3.30 in the morning that I had to get up because I had to get myself ready and leave my house for, I'm not even joking, 4 a.m. <laughs> because I'm not close to the train station. I'm actually pretty far, and so I have to jump on a bus in order to get to the train station which is about an hour and 20 minute bus ride. Usually if I hop on the tube here, it's easy, but the tube doesn't start until about, I think, 5.30 in the morning. So I'm just shy of about an hour and a half. And I can't risk that trying to get to the train station. So I get to the train station. I am confident. Check myself in. Again, I've gone through customs before. I go get my latte, I sit down, I do some social media scrolling and posting, I hop on the Eurostar, I get nice and cozy, this is now the third time I have been on the Eurostar, so I know exactly what to expect. What do you know? The person, or the seat next to me has no person in it, and so I'm left with two seats to myself, nice roomy area, and I pull out my laptop and I start typing. I start typing of this adventure. It's going to be part of my book. And I start typing out how I'm feeling, where I'm at in that very moment. And as as I'm typing it, I'm feeling it. And it's very real. My words coming from my mind, through my fingertips, into my laptop are very real and in the moment. It's almost like I'm journaling in a way. Whereas... When I've been writing, it's usually after the fact, and I'm retelling the story after the fact. But I started retelling the story as if I'm in that moment. It's almost like journaling. It was a really cool experience. And I took that with me into my vacation, and I sat down a couple times, actually, while I was in Brussels and recorded as if I was journaling my experience in the moment. It was the very first time where I really thought about the fact that I'm 100% in the moment. I'm not thinking about what I need to do when I go back to London. I'm not thinking about what has happened in the last couple months. And I'm not thinking about where I need to go in the next couple months. I'm in the moment and I make a vow to myself I'm going to live this experience 100% in the moment and fully authentically with my intuition. I get off the train. I finally get to Brussels. I think it was about a two-hour train ride. And it felt like home. Why did it feel like home? It's not my home. I've never been there before. But it felt like home. Why? Well, they spoke the French language there. And I I felt like as if I was, you know, back in Paris and I reminded myself of what it felt like when I was in Paris and knowing the language. And of course, they speak a, a couple languages in Brussels or in Belgium, but predominantly in Brussels, I, I heard a lot of French. The signs, the people, when they were speaking, a lot of French. But this was different than Paris. 
people were a lot more friendlier. And when you spoke French to them, they actually wanted to speak French to you and you could see their eyes light up as in, you know how to speak my language. I can communicate with you. People were very excited as I spoke French to them. Navigating Brussels, I was very, very caught off guard, I guess, because it was so easy to get around. I had actually bought myself a train ticket thinking, okay, I'm well prepared for this trip now. I'm going to take the train, hop on the tra- hop off and on the, the local train so I can get around easier. Turns out it was a waste of money. I didn't actually need it. I think it cost me seven euros, which I think translated when I looked at my visa bill, it was like about $11 Canadian or something like that. So complete waste of time for me to get this ticket. And I found that I could walk everywhere. I walked everywhere because everything was so accessible within walking distance. The first three hours of my adventure, I pretty much got to all the major tourist destinations and took photos and actually had time to even sit and really enjoy the experience without thinking I needed to jump onto the next one. I really truly was living in the moment. Like I actually sat down in front of the major church, listening to the sound of the bells. And I actually embraced the energy when I got to Grand Place and I saw the beautiful white buildings with the golds. And Belgium is known for their chocolate, you know, Belgium chocolate. I had a friend of mine send me a message while I was there. She's like, oh, make sure you eat lots of chocolate when you're there. The smell of the city. I've never even thought about a city smelling so good. And I can tell you that the smell of this city, the air was filled with sweetness. Every second shop was either a waffle shop or a chocolate shop. And you can smell the sweetness of the waffles and the chocolate in the air with the doors open. It really, truly felt like I was in this complete other world. It was so quaint with its cobblestone walkways. The buildings were well-maintained. And it was just friendly. It was a very good energy. I did feel like home. And as I walked the streets, I reminded myself, oh yeah, that's right. I booked a yoga class. I have to go to this yoga class at 1230. Booked it in advance. I made sure that I checked off that little box that I wanted to check off. So I made my way to this yoga studio. I figured, okay, it's going to be like probably your basic yoga studio, but you know, it's good to do some yoga. I'm on this spiritual journey. I'm in this place. I'm on this adventure that I need. I need to make yoga a part of it. So I go to this yoga studio, I walk in and I'm instantly greeted with like an extremely warm welcome. It actually felt 
Like I was back home in my home country, Canadians are known to be really friendly. And I hadn't really felt that in London. You know, lots of people keep to themselves or, you know, there's a lot of people you just have to watch out for, um, kind of out for themselves. And, uh, you know, I have some really good friends here, but, uh, you know, on the outside, London seems glamorous from other countries. But once you're really here, you realize that people are very much reserved in themselves. Um, a lot of people are in a survival mindset. And it's if you look around when you're on the tube, you look around at all the people in the tube, people have really drawn down faces. And you can, when you look at their expressions on their faces, you can tell they're worried about something or they're stressed or they're, you know, just not really fully happy with themselves. You don't see a lot of happy people in London. But in Belgium, everyone is so down to earth and chatty and they want to get to know you and they're just so open and they want to help. And, you know, I really sat down with these people at the yoga studio and I just chatted with them for a little bit of like open conversation, just general open conversation. Not that they wanted anything from me. It was just generally, they just really were living in the moment and enjoying my company as I was enjoying theirs and, and sharing stories and sharing perspectives and connecting that human connection. I didn't, I didn't have one person say, Oh, can we exchange Instagrams? It didn't even matter. It was like, I want to get to know you. I want to connect with you, whether I meet you in the future or not, or whether this is just like a one-time conversation. I just want to connect with you. And it was one of the most grounding and present things that I've experienced in a while. So I go to this yoga class. I loved it. This yoga studio, so beautiful. And I've been to a lot of yoga studios. I taught on a lot of yoga studios. And this yoga studio in particular, you walk in and it really was an experience walking into this place. And I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, the the thought that went into everything, the decor, the lighting, the colors, the placements of everything. So as I'm talking to the staff, I find out, oh, well, the owner actually used to be an architect before he owned the building, before he owned the studio. Ah, that makes a lot more sense now why this place is so fantastic. Take the class. The class is fantastic. I felt a renewed sense of energy and... I wanted to take another one, so I booked another class. I left the studio for a bit, went to go adventure more, went to the chocolate museum, went to go eat a waffle, went to go just walk around and enjoy the energy of the city, and then I came back to the yoga studio to take another class. And I loved it. Different energy coming back because the evening crew there was a lot more people in the studio space in the evening of course because people are coming after work but it was still really good energy really open really friendly people it's like people actually knew how to connect and talk which i hadn't found in a really long time people actually wanted to have good open conversation and you can tell having the conversation that there wasn't an ounce of judgment 
on their on their behalf and they were just so open and authentic that's very hard to find so I leave the yoga studio I'm in good spirits I'm looking at the time okay I can take my time I'm, I'm gonna walk myself back to the train station to catch my train and I have quite a bit of time so I'm just gonna enjoy my walk back maybe I see something I go in I buy something you know just take my time the walk was beautiful at first. I'm walking through the streets. It's this big open walkway, nice shops along the way. You can tell people generally walk a lot of the times down the, this path. And I'm walking and I'm getting to the end of the nice part of it. And then I'm starting to get to the real local part of the city, not the touristy part, the very local part where, you know, it's a little bit more humbling. Okay, I live in London. Stephanie, get a grip on yourself. You can do this. You can let go of tourist play and just go with the flow. Okay, so I'm going to go with the flow. And I'm walking and I'm walking and it feels okay. And then I turn a little bit to the next street because I'm like, maybe I could use a little bit more touristy stuff. So I, I turn and make another turn onto another street. And I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm looking around... And I see only men walking down the street. What is this strange thing that I'm witnessing right now? Why is there not any women walking with these men or even walking by themselves or walking with men? Or why is it only men? And then I see the only woman that are down the street are women who are, you can tell, are poor, poverty-driven, begging for money. I actually have never experienced anything like this before. I've experienced poverty, even in my home city of Winnipeg. You see a lot of it. You see all sorts of interesting things and characters and you know, the usage of, you know, substance abuse, all of that stuff. I've seen that before. Even in London, you, you kind of see, you know, you see poverty. You see, um, you know, gang activity and substance abuse and all that jazz. But this, I hadn't actually experienced or witnessed an energy quite like this before. All men, the only women... Or poor women begging for money. Where was I? Well, this was an opportunity for me to develop on my street smarts. So I start walking maybe a little bit faster. Okay, maybe this will pass. Then I hear three drunk men behind me walking. And they continue to walk and to follow me for a good ten minutes of walking. Okay, Stephanie, I think we need to try and figure out how to get out of this situation. So in my mind, I'm calculating. I'm like, okay, there is the next street ahead. Just make a turn. Take a look what's down that street. Make a turn if you see something good. I look down the street to my left. So I'm walking. Okay, I see tourists. 
It's not far down the way. This is kind of a sketchy alleyway, but I see tourists on the other side. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to take it. So I quickly turn the corner. I walk even faster to try and get to that light at the end of the tunnel. I get there. No drunk men behind me. No sketchy street with begging women, poor women, and just men. It was now I could see tourists that are walking. Okay, I'm going to follow these people in front of me. They seem normal. They seem like they know what they're going, and they seem kind of touristy. So I'm going to follow them. I did. And then as I'm looking at my GPS and I'm following these people, I'm noticing that they're kind of going to the same place. It may seem like they're going to the train station, but maybe not. So I take a calculated risk and I'm like, okay, you know what? I know the train station is this way. So just in case I'm following them the opposite way, I'm going to go this way. So I take a calculated risk and I turn off a little bit towards a different entrance of the train station. And as I'm walking closer to the train station, I'm like, hmm, this is a really major place for people to travel in and out of. Seems a little sketchy. And I'm being very conscious of who's around me, and I'm walking a little further than a lot of people. And I'm, I get into, inside the train station and I realize, okay, there's homeless people sleeping. There's uh, interesting people walking around. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, no, Stephanie, just don't make eye contact. Stay confident. Keep walking as if you own the place. And just keep walking. So I do. Oh, look at that. Down the escalator, I see two touristy people. Okay, yep, I'm going to follow them down the escalator. Follow these people down the escalator, realize, okay, this is a familiar place. This is exactly where I started. I just need to make my way all the way upstairs. And I'm going to grab a Starbucks on the way to minimize my stress levels right now. That'll make me feel better. So I get myself through the train station all the way up, make my way to Starbucks. And I feel like I'm grounded in a familiar place. Okay, I feel like I'm safe in Starbucks. It is a international company and I know what to expect from this company. So I walk in, I order my drink, I sit myself down, I calm my nerves. Okay, I made it. Stephanie, you made it. Sit down, drink your coffee for a little bit, then go check yourself through customs. And I did. I checked myself through customs. And I was fine. And I was good. And now it made me realize, Stephanie, you really need to do your research just a little bit more before you go traveling. Because, <laughs> you know, I had this um, really, I guess, innocent perspective that Europe is really safe. And for the most part, it is really safe. Um, but what I didn't realize and I didn't research was the fact that Brussels actually has a red light district. Amsterdam has a red light district and I was in Amsterdam and I felt completely safe. But I realized that Brussels actually has a red light district. Was I in the red light district? Well, according to Google, I wasn't, but it certainly felt like it may have been like an underground red light district that just wasn't placed on a map or mapped out. 
So I got myself into a little interesting situation there. And uh, yep, that just uh, made my street smarts go up 10 points. And time for Stephanie to do a little bit more research and digging before I go to my next city. Lesson learned. <laughs> but what I did get out of this was living in the moment. Enjoying connection. And really enjoying life. And realizing that life is full of those moments of awe and inspiration and connection. And life also has those moments, those curveballs, those unexpected turns that come up where you find yourself in the most interesting situations where you're not sure how to navigate emotionally, mentally, or physically. And it brings you to a new level of wisdom as you go through these scenarios. And I really learned, I mean, every time I go through these interesting situations in my life, and I have many, I always try and find the learning curve from it. What can I learn from this? Um, what can I learn about myself? Uh, what can I learn about the world? What can I learn about um, just in general being a, a better person? And uh, I think these interesting situations, these complex and challenging situations come up and they're necessary. They're necessary for wisdom if you don't go through these challenging situations, how do you expect to develop the wisdom to move through life? And it'd be pretty, be a pretty innocent world, a very surfacey world, if we didn't have those adversities come towards us that we had to push ourselves through and navigate and learn from. And I'm ever so grateful for every experience in my life, not just the positive milestones, but every experience, even the most challenging ones. It's the most challenging and adverse situations that create the stories. I mean, I wouldn't have a book to write that was interesting or the least bit interesting if I didn't have these adversities. And I wouldn't have anything to talk about on this podcast if I didn't go through some of these adversities, challenging situations. And I think the most important thing is that you learn from them. I'm not a perfect person and I'm still navigating life and relationships and connection building and... um life in general not perfect by any means and then there's still times where I, I do something or I say something and and I'm like Stephanie why did you do that you know better than that and uh I, I need to be more kind to myself in those situations I think and and remind myself of the wisdom building that that comes from it and that it's okay um yeah that was my Belgium trip. And I guess where I'm going with this is that um, maybe reflect in your own life some adversities that you 
you went through in your own life and what was the wisdom that you gained from these experiences? What do you think is the wisdom you gained that you have brought with you into other experiences or for other people or even for yourself to just reflect on? I think it's so beautiful to go through the most beautifully experiential, influential, inspirational moments. But I also think it's just as beautiful to go through those challenging, adverse moments where you're like, where am I? What did I get myself into? And how do I navigate this? Thank you, as always, for tuning into my Unbecoming podcast. I'm hoping that I can make this a seasonal thing. So just to give my head, my listeners a heads up that I'll probably be doing another six more weeks of um, traveling uh, podcast episodes. And then I'm going to dive into something a little bit different and deeper in my, my second season. So first season's all about traveling, London, and second season, you'll have a lot more um, to dive into with me. Until next week, enjoy the week ahead and uh, think on that wisdom. Thank you for all your support and your listening. And uh, I look forward to sharing more with you. Have a great week ahead. Oh, 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 o